Okay, you could start whenever. Welcome back to another episode of the Born Again Again podcast. So since we love you all so much, we decided to drop two episodes this week and release just both conversations with Christians that we have uh, recorded so far. So this talk that you're about to hear is with my friend Mike. Um, Again, like I mentioned in the last episode where I talked to Matt, this conversation is a result of a post that I put out on my personal Facebook asking uh, asking for Christian conversation partners, essentially. Um, again, it's not a debate, it's not a fight, it's, it's just a, a real honest conversations between two real friends. Mike and I were really, really close as Christians um, years ago and have drifted apart a bit over the last few years. And so most, if, if not all actually, of the topics that we're talking about today, this will be the first time that we've talked about these things together. Uh, I'm really hoping that it can be helpful for those of you who struggle to have conversations about your changing beliefs, um, maybe with Christians in your life. Again, like last time, listening back to this was a bit brutal for me, uh, as I have a lot of things I wish I would have done differently, but I'm learning. Uh, It's not that often that you get the chance to listen back to and critique your own talks that you have with people in your life, and so I'm really trying to just take advantage of this opportunity, opportunity I have Uh, and just get a little bit better for next time. If you have loved what we've done so far in the past, or if you really, really love this episode, you can help us out by leaving us a review on Apple Podcasts, or you can join our amazing community on Facebook, or you can follow us on Instagram. Or if you really, really love us, you can join our Patreon, where you'll get more exclusive episodes, and you'll help Katie and I be able to spend the time to keep on creating this podcast for you all. Just like the last episode, I would really, really love your feedback. Was this talk helpful? What was frustrating? What made you cringe? What questions should I have asked? Again, are there any blind spots in either of our views? And just keep those thoughts in mind as you listen uh, and leave a comment or send us a message with your thoughts. I hope you enjoy. Cool, cool. Um, Well, I feel like a good place to start would be just giving a little context of how we know each other. And I'll uh, share like as much as I remember and see if I get all the details right. Um, <laughs> okay. But yeah, so we met a long time ago, 10 mm-hmm. plus years ago, probably yep. in marching band together Yep. Yep. and marched in through high school together and then moved up yep. to the Madison So it would have been Scots. 2005, right? 2005 brigade would have been our first. Was that your first year? That was my first year. Okay. Yeah. So, so first year in marching band together, so 15, 2005. 16 years ago, I guess. Crazy. Close to 16. Yeah. 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 That's wild. And then obviously went from high school marching band to drum corps and marched in Madison Scouts together in 2008. That, mm-hmm. I feel like that's when our friendship like really started. Yeah. Because we didn't really talk or hang out too no, much before. Because you then. just hung with the drum line and I that was wasn't... so cool. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Very good. <laughs> too cool. Oh my gosh. Yeah. yeah. But that, that summer we got like super close, yep. like best, best, best friends. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Um, which was really cool. And at that point I was super Christian and I don't remember, were you Christian at that point? Or was I that... was not. Okay. I was not. I would actually, when I tell people about you, I tell them you were the first real Christian that I knew. Um, hmm. I didn't have any like actual Christian friends. Yeah. And um, I distinctly remember one night on the bus in the, when we were in the scouts mm-hmm. 
I grabbed, you had your Bible in our shower, you know, how we did shower caddies on the mm-hmm. side of the window to yeah. hold off our stuff. <laughs> <laughs> and so I grabbed your Bible and I remember reading the book of Revelation that night. Uh-huh. And um, I started, I feel like that summer is when I started kind of asking deeper questions about is what I've believed my whole life real? Yeah. Because I grew up Lutheran. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's right. That's right. Right. And so I kind of had a basis, like I had an understanding of Jesus, like I knew Mm -hmm. Bible stories and stuff like that, but I didn't have a, you know, what Christians would consider a a saving faith. Like I Mm -hmm. I hadn't put my faith in Christ. I hadn't made the decision to believe that Jesus was my Lord and Savior and receive him Mm -hmm. um, as Lord of my life. I hadn't made that call yet, you know? And so anyway, so that summer was, I think I started asking questions. Yeah. I feel like, I feel honored that I was a part of that. And also yeah. like a little weird about it <laughs> at this point, you know? Sure. Um, but yeah, that, that is, I mean, it's cool. And I'm, I'm really happy that we could like share that summer mm-hmm. together, especially, but then yeah, the friendship since then has been really cool. But so yeah. since for the last few years, we haven't really talked much. That's right. Just like circumstantially. And I think right. probably us, you know, me leaving Christianity was played into that in, in some ways, whether that maybe it was only on my side, but I feel a little, I don't know, a little weird about it. Cause that was like mm-hmm. a big part of our friendship, yeah. you know? Um, and so I, I was curious. I do want to say, Joe, I don't think that, I don't think we stopped talking just because of that though. Like, I think we just like co- college happened. Yeah. And when we went to college, we just kind of did different things and we would connect a time or two when we were, you know, at the same crew conference or something. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, we'd get true. together sometimes on weekends. And then after college, like, you, you know, you got married pretty quick after college, if I remember right. Yeah, right after. And, and then after that is kind of when I think we stopped talking as much. And I think that's just, you know, we were living in different parts of the country and like doing different things. And it, yeah, I, that's true. You know, and so I, I want to make it clear, like, I've always, I like, I love you to death. Like, I'm, of course, from my perspective, sad that you don't follow Jesus anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't feel weird towards you at all. I love you like a brother because like, that's what you've always been to me. Like mm-hmm. you were I, I, like, and just to be, to com- be completely um, vulnerable here, like from my perspective, again, like as a Christian, my heart is broken that you don't love Jesus anymore, mm-hmm. you know, because Jesus matters so much to me. And, um, and I believe that Jesus is true, you know? And so like, I just love you, bro. Like, I just think you're awesome. And it's just even talking to you right now, it's just like seeing you again. It just brings life to my heart. And if you came to Iowa City, I'd be like, dude, stay at my house. Let's hang. Let's go get a beer. Like, let's have a good time together. You know, I, and so I just want you to know that I don't feel strange talking to you or anything like that. So I I really appreciate that. I I do feel the same way. The second I saw your face on the screen, I was like, couldn't help smile. I'm like, oh, Mike. So yeah, I'm not, I'm not saying that we, there was like such a weirdness about Christianity that both of us were like, oh, we don't want to talk anymore or anything like that. I think for me, there is, there's a part of me that feels maybe a little bit like embarrassed or a little uncomfortable because I, in some senses, I think I know the position you're in. And I obviously, I believed in Christianity with my whole heart at one point as well. And I know if one of my closest friends would like seemingly suddenly make this huge shift away from this like really common worldview we held together that it'd make me feel something, you know, I'd have, I'd have feelings about it. So I think that's, that's probably what I was referring to what I was feeling. Yeah. Um, But yeah. So that's kind of how we met and 
how we got our start. So obviously since then, a lot has changed and you got married and moved and all mm-hmm. that. Um, I'm curious if you're willing to share kind of what your thoughts were when you first heard that I wasn't Christian anymore. Well, um, I frankly had some sus- suspicions that maybe that was the direction you and Katie were headed. Mm-hmm. Um, and why is that? Did you, I mean, I think I remember it was a little while ago now. Mm-hmm. And so yeah. I, I think I remember just some social media posts, um, here and there. I couldn't remember, like I couldn't quote words. Of course, sure. But, of course. Um, I remember some social media posts that made me say, Hmm, I wonder, kind of where they're at yeah um and and so uh i think when i when you initially when you initially almost like kind of just declared that you were no longer a christian mm-hmm. or when i i think it was when i saw you post i think you posted on facebook your, the podcast title mm-hmm. that's when i discovered like that's when i was like oh my gosh this is real um I think, like I said earlier, like my heart is broken um, mm-hmm. because I do believe the Bible is true. I do believe God is real. Um, I think there's evidence that God is real in the world. And um, I know how zealous for your faith you were. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think not to a fault. Like, I think that your faith was beautiful. Katie's too. Um, I remember distinctly one, we were at a, a conference called, uh, I think it was Kingdom Called Conference. And we were in Twin Cities and you and, I, you and I were hanging out and we were talking about how we wanted to go buy a sleeping bag to give to homeless people on Hennepin Avenue mm-hmm. because we wanted to talk to them about Jesus and love them mm-hmm. um, because that's the heart of the gospel. And, and so I just like, of course, my heart was just, was just broken over the fact that you, you know, this is the place that you've moved to. And I know, I know you guys are very secure right now and, in how you, in what you believe. And, and I respect that. Um, but for sure, I, I just was pretty blown away by it, even mm-hmm. to knowing your family, you yeah. know, and, and how important faith is to, to Kim and Joe, you know? So, um, so anyway, so that, yeah. that's kind of my initial reaction when I found out. Yeah, no, that makes sense. I think I, I feel like anyone would feel that way. Yeah. Um, yeah, it, it wasn't easy. And, and making that post on Facebook was there were like years of thought leading to that point, of course, sure. you know, yeah. but for me, I like, I didn't want to lose my faith. You know, mm-hmm. I, I didn't want to stop being Christian. I was never looking to be atheist. I was never even looking to question my faith, you know, when, when it first kind of started happening. And I think that's the kind of the hard thing is that you in that position, I really didn't, you know, know where to turn because I was what I felt like was turning to God and begging God, you know, please give me more faith. I don't, I don't want to lose my faith. I'm like confused. I'm having doubts. All all I want is faith. Please, please, please give me faith. And that went on for literally years, you know, not, I wouldn't say constant, but there was in the beginning, it was like almost constant. It was like panic mode. Mm -hmm. And then it, as it went on, it tapered off in a sense, as you kind of just lose steam. Um, And so, yeah, I think it's, just want to make sure I think everyone listening knows if they've listened through our other podcasts, but I just wanted to fill you in. I don't know how much you knew about yeah, it. Or I, not, listened, but like, I listened to one episode and I think you talked a little bit about that. Yeah. So about anyways, it's, yeah, definitely wasn't, 
I wasn't planning on going down this route. And I know like we spoke, I like my life was going to be missions. That was, that was my thing. I wanted to devote my life to God. I wanted to give everything to him. I wanted to glorify him and everything that I did. Um, so yeah, this was, this was not the plan. (laughs) Um, but here we are (laughs) anyways. Yeah. Yeah. Do you mind you mind letting me in a little bit? Because and you, I'm sure you've talked about it on the podcast. And I'm sorry to make you reiterate yourself. Oh, just don't worry for about the it. sake of our conversation. Um, what do you think was like? What was the linchpin? Like what? What? What made the grenade blow up? I guess is is a way to say it. You know, like when you were continually searching for faith, like why? Like why? I guess why didn't like what happened? Like what? Yeah. What? What happened? Um, it's. It was definitely more than a handful of things. You know, it wasn't, there wasn't really any one major thing that was like, you know, that's the final straw sure. and it's done. Um, like I said, it was probably like a three year process from the time when I first started having little, like little doubts or little questions to the point where I could actually say, you know what, like if I'm being honest, I'm not a Christian anymore. So it was, <laughs> it was a long time um, with like ebbs and flows in and out of there. But I think, the thing that kind of started it off was we, so we went to a pretty charismatic church as you knew at the end. Mm -hmm. Um, And Mm -hmm. I know a lot of people had doubts and questions about that. Um, But so one of the first things that we started doubting was, are these, is my like personal experience that I'm having with God, could that be explained any other way? You know, Mm -hmm. that was kind of the first question. And what kind of brought that on was we learned about um, suggestion and auto suggestion and these like hypnotists who mm-hmm. some magicians. That's, and that's one of the posts I remember seeing you posted a okay. documentary about that or something. Yeah. Yeah. So that, yeah. yeah, that kind of thing that like in my mind answered all like the spiritual gifts kind of questions or not all of them, but like, yeah, it made me question what I, what I had like completely given to God before. So that, you know, that was yeah. the start of it. And then we started reading about just different, forms of spirituality and and Buddhism and realizing that like, Hey, these, these other religions have like, they have a really nice way of doing things, you know? And I've, Mm. I've really never considered that too much. Um, and like, I'm not, I'm not a different religion now, but I think it was just like the exposure to it in the beginning that kind of made me realize, Hey, you know what? There's actually a lot of people who have claimed who claim to have the answers to this. Yeah. And maybe I should like do my due diligence and really understand multiple perspectives, you know, mm. before remaining committed to this one. But even that, so it wasn't like a choice, like I'm reading these other books and I'm trying to poke holes in Christianity or anything like that. It was just kind of like stuff was, stuff was coming up and these questions were kind of just happening and things were popping, popping into my experience, whether it was through books I was reading or a movie we'd watch or like a Darren Brown special on Netflix or whatever. There was just things started kind of adding up and then that was <clears throat> compounding with me feeling my faith slowly slipping away, like having a really hard time believing that anyone was listening when I was praying essentially mm-hmm. to the point where after just like begging God for faith and, and, and like crying out for him to do something to kind of like save me. Cause I honestly feel like I'm slipping down into the clutches of hell against my will, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and essentially feeling like the doors just closed in my face. Like eventually you just, just gotta give up. You know, I felt like I just couldn't, couldn't keep doing it, you know? Yeah. So you you, you you have more to say, go for it. I don't want to interrupt. I don't know that I have more to say. I'm trying to think if there's any other, any other big things, you know, that really kicked it in there. I mean, there's, there's like a lot of, there's a lot of stuff I guess I have like issue with now. 
sure. at this point that maybe didn't play in in the beginning. But I think as like a general picture, that's sort of how sure. it went. Small doubts yeah. compounding and more and more and more. Yeah. Um, yeah. So actually, I remember another, I like to, I think stories are good for podcasts, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> I remember us sitting at a, at a bar in Racine, Wisconsin called uh, Toad Hall. I remember that. And we were drinking uh, Boddington's Pub Ale. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And we were talking about this new church you were going to in Racine. Uh -huh. And um, I distinctly remember you talking about, you know, how charismatic it was and how you're like gifts of the spirit and stuff. And um that was, I think, actually when I first got concerned for you, Joe, mm -hmm. in your walk with Jesus. And here's why. Not because anybody who experiences those things is inherently bad or um, can't be a believer of Jesus, but anytime, and this is my understanding, and I also want to make it clear um, that I'm not an authoritative um authoritative oh, yeah. uh, answerer of <laughs> totally. Christian questions, you know. You don't but, have the burden um, of representing all of Christianity right now. <laughs> wow, <so>. Thank <laughs> the Lord for that. Um, but uh, anytime you add anything to the gospel, and the gospel being Jesus loves you, he died on the cross for your sins because you need salvation from your sins and you need to accept him, right? Anytime you add anything to that kind of core tenet of Christianity, um, the gospel loses its it loses its power to some extent, and it confuses. And so, what what apologists or, or Christians would even say is the gospel plus something equals nothing. Mm -hmm. And so, I got concerned for you in that time because you would talk about how you know you're speaking in tongues and. And how, you know, you'd be at church and people would be prophesying and mm -hmm. it just would be yeah, a wild. wild time. Yeah. yeah. And, and again, I, I want to make it clear, like, I think people who experience that part of God can definitely have a real relationship with him. And I'm not saying that they can't, but I'm, I'm saying this is that when you put too much importance on things that aren't gospel, it can end up being detrimental for your faith. And so what I wondered is, is what happens to Katie and Joe when speaking in tongues doesn't feel natural anymore or when they don't feel the same power, power of the spirit quote in quotes um, overcoming them. Uh, and so I'd almost say like this charismatic movement feels like it's a gospel plus feeling. Mm -hmm. And when we rely, I feel like on our feelings over the gospel and how God feels to us, we take away the facts, right? And isn't this how our whole culture is kind of spinning right now is that feelings matter more than truth in a lot mm -hmm. of ways. Sure. And so that was when I was kind of first worried um, about where, where it was going for you guys. Um, yeah. And, and I also want to say, buddy, like, I wish you had called me, you know, <laughs> when you were having those doubts, like mm -hmm. you, I, you, I didn't hear anything. Mm -hmm. You know, and I, I would have loved to have walked through that with you, yeah. you know, not to like be some savior. I don't want to be the savior. I want Jesus to be the savior of your life. Yeah. Um, but to at least be community to process it with you. And like, I've had doubts. Mm -hmm. I'm, I, I love Jesus with my whole life. There is nothing in life more important to me than my faith and, and following God. But I've had doubts, bro. Like mm -hmm. I have had times where I've pleaded with the Lord, like, hey, I don't understand this. This doesn't make sense. But I am going to choose that you are true. And mm -hmm. I am going to believe in the facts, in, in, in the fact that the Bible is real. And, and you know, I, 
I think that um, I just, I think that doubt is normal. And I don't think it's something, I don't think that in order to be Christian, you're not allowed to have doubts. Mm -hmm. I don't think there's nowhere in the Bible that says do not doubt. In fact, there's a story about a centurion who, um, who's talking to Jesus and Jesus says to him, like, um, Lord, or I should say, sorry, the centurion says to Jesus, he says, Lord, I believe help my unbelief. Mm -hmm. Like it's one sentence with a semicolon in the middle of it. Mm -hmm. It's like, what does that sentence mean? Well, that sentence mean is like this centurion, this Roman guard had faith that Jesus was the Messiah. He wasn't Mm -hmm. even a Jew, a Jew, but he believed that Jesus was the Messiah. And yet in the same sentence, he prays, he says in some like prayer, like almost stanza, like Mm -hmm. help my unbelief. Right. So even in this moment, this juxtaposition of doubt and faith, and so I think the Bible nowhere says like, you're not allowed to doubt, mm-hmm. you know? And I think, I think I, I can't speak for your experience, of course, Joe, and you prayed for a long time about like, Lord, help these doubts and it didn't go away. And that, you know, ultimately led to, to you not believing anymore. And I get, I understand that, respect it, but I just want to make it clear. Like, I don't think that doubt is, it, it, I should say it this way. Doubt is allowed. Yeah. And I think that there's a way through it. Yeah. Yeah. No, I appreciate that. I think that a lot of people do kind of go up, go through their life feeling like they're not allowed to have any doubts, um, which is, that's it. I think in some ways, that's how I felt until I started having them. And I was like, oh, this, like, this is real. You know, this isn't sure. just something I can brush away. Um, yeah. But so, uh, yeah, I think there's, there's probably a lot of reasons I, I didn't call you specifically. Um, mm-hmm. I not, not you specifically, but I just, I did, I kind of limited the number of people I talked to about all of this at the time, I think because part of the process of leaving the church was realizing that I feel that I'd given away so much of my own, like my own autonomy or my own um, decision-making process. Mm. I've given that to authority. And so like the top one of that uh, above everything else, obviously it is I have given my authority to the Bible and kind of said, like, you know what, no matter what that little voice inside of me is saying, the Bible is true. And so that's an example. But then obviously that funnels down to like elders in the church and my my family and people who are just older than me in my life who've been authority figures and this and that. Sure. And so I think for this process, I did end up speaking to a lot of people, but there was also a lot mm. of people I didn't speak to because I felt like, you know what, if I'm going to really process this and kind of go through this in a, in like a holistic way, that's really going to honor myself. I need to decide some things for myself, you know, sure. does that yeah. make sense? Yeah. yeah. So yeah, I, I hope and you I wasn't offended. I just was saying like, yeah, I, like I said, I love you, buddy. I just could have called, you know? Yeah, totally. Yeah. Totally. Not that I'm like a magician who could have fixed anything, but sure. Yeah. <laughs> I just want you to know I was here for you. <laughs> yeah, totally. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I've, I've heard that a lot about our church. Um, you know, mm-hmm. that's been, I feel like the people who haven't been charismatic often will point to that as like, well, see, you were going to the wrong church. That's probably why you left your faith. Mm. And I think that that sometimes can be a little bit hard to hear because unless I'm like exactly the faith of the person who I'm talking to, that's like always going to be the response. It's like, well, if only you went to my church or if only you understood the Bible in the way I understood it, then maybe oh. things would have been different when in my mind, that responsibility is on God in a way, like if it, if it is true that I was sincerely seeking him, you know, which as far as I know, I was. um, Yeah, dude, I'm not, I wasn't trying to say like, I'm, no, I have some like higher. 
Of course not. I, I think like, like I think it, it goes back to that documentary that you referenced about, um, and I can't remember the word geez cause I haven't watched it, but it's that idea of like the environment that is created, like brings people into this worshipful state, like mm-hmm. a hypnotist. I think I watched the preview for it and it was like, people were like raising their hands in worship. You mm-hmm. know, it was, it looked, yeah. if you wouldn't have known it, you would have thought, Oh, that's a church service. Right. Um, and, uh, I think like what I'm getting at there is like, like I said, I, you, I think you could have enjoyed God in a very real and awesome way. Mm-hmm. Speaking I in did. tongues. Yeah. yeah I did. Sure, right. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yet I think the focus can sometimes in those aspects be more on the feeling of feeling like in the moment and the atmosphere is what is, is lifted up as opposed to Christ. And yeah. again, I've never been in the church like that. So you're, you're right. I can't speak from a place of experience there, but that's just my observation. So. Sure. Yeah, no, that totally makes sense. And yeah. like I said before, I've completely felt that way too, you know, before we went to the charismatic yeah. church, it was like, yeah, totally. I can, I can totally understand that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, how do you feel about uh, like God's role in something like the coronavirus? That's what mm-hmm. I've been like dying to ask someone and I'm not sure who to ask. And so I'm just curious <laughs> if you thought, thought about, yeah. about that or, you know, what yeah, your I, thoughts are. Yeah. So I think that's a hard question. Of course. Yeah. And I don't expect you to have like the official, like, here's the answer. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I'm just curious as a human, you know, what are your thoughts about it all? Yeah. Well, first and foremost, I think that no matter what God is good, even when bad things happen. Um, And I think that if, you know, if, if lots of, I feel like lots of times people who don't believe in God or, or in any sort of higher power, they, they ask that question, like, how can God be good when bad things happen? Or, or, you know, why is there, why is there bad? Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. It's a good um, topic. Yeah. And, um, and you know, they'll, they'll point to the fact that there is no God yet. They'll still have a certain sense of morality about themselves, right? Mm-hmm. They'll know that murdering someone's not good. Mm-hmm. Well, why isn't it good? If, if there's no moral giver, if there's no establisher, higher authority who has dictated what is good and bad, intrinsically Mm -hmm. like we could have no laws and it would still feel bad to kill someone. Right. For a normally functioning human being, right. Not for like for somebody who's obviously got something going on in their mind, you know, but I think that um, like there has to be an authority of morality. And so, so in regards to the coronavirus and God's role in it, I, you know, I think some Christians have said, well, it's a wake up call. Like mm-hmm. we need to repent and we need to follow, follow God. Um, I, I, again, I couldn't answer that, that question. Um, but what I do hope is that in the midst of it, like the Bible says that God works all things together for the good of those who are called according to his purpose. Right. Mm-hmm. And so what that verse with Romans eight twenty eight, what that means is, is that, not only does God want to do good in your life, but sometimes when bad stuff happens, he means it for good, Mm -hmm. right? He means the bad stuff for good on a very small, could not in any way comparable to coronavirus level. Let's go back to my time in Monticello, right? Like teaching band. I drove one hour. It's like 55 miles one way every single day. (laughs) And I put like, like 60,000 miles on my car in three years. Okay. Mm -hmm. And that wasn't that good. But if I hadn't worked at Monticello and we achieved some pretty cool stuff there with the band and the kids, like I wouldn't have gotten a job in a super difficult district to get a job in because I got some recognition in Monticello that I wouldn't have gotten had I not done that job. Right. 
Mm-hmm. And so in the badness of my going to Monticello every single day for three years, mm-hmm. I got, you know, like something good came out of it, you know? Sure. And I'm not saying that God is like going to give good things just because I believe in him. Like, I don't believe in the prosperity gospel. I think that that's an abomination of what mm-hmm. the gospel is. But what I'm saying is this, is that, is that, you know, I think good things can come from bad. Think about too, if we're going to go like fully Christian here, the most heinous act that has ever happened in the history of man is the crucifixion of Christ on the cross. And that was God. I think that's coming, debatable, but <laughs> well, I'm saying, I'm, well, I'm Christian? saying for, for an, yeah, from a Christian perspective, oh, yeah, that yeah, is yeah, what yeah. we would okay. say, right? Totally. It's because it is God literally coming down and killing, you know, being killed for the sake of the world, sure. you know, to redeem the world from their sins. Right. Mm-hmm. He is sacrificing himself. And so if we look at that and saying like, why do bad things happen? Well, God did a bad thing to himself for the sake of good to come from it, for, for goodness to be born out of badness. Right. Mm-hmm. And so, um, so I think like when we look at the coronavirus, like I don't have a great answer, but I do believe and hope that people would come to know the Lord through it, that people would say, man, I got to get right with whoever's in charge of this thing. And they come to know Jesus. Um, because I think too, like God provides hope mm-hmm. for me. Like I can believe that there is going to be light at the end of this thing Yeah, because I know that I sure hope so. Yeah. Because <laughs> yeah. I know that the Lord's in heaven. Like, I believe mm-hmm. it, you know? Yeah. So I think that's the best way I can answer that question. That was okay. a pretty long-winded answer to your no, question. No, that, but... that makes sense. And I, I feel like I, I understand that idea that like God is the definition of good. So even if we don't understand something, it doesn't mean that that's necessarily bad. Or like in the in the bigger picture, God promises to kind of work everything out for good. Mm-hmm. But so what I'm hearing you say, and correct me if I'm wrong, but that I don't know what the total number of coronavirus deaths is, but so yeah. say this, this is, if this is from God or this is God's intervention, mm-hmm. he's potentially killing, let's just say 600,000 people mm-hmm. worldwide in order to make us admire and like worship him more. Mm-hmm. Cause that to me, that, that feels like, ugh, like that doesn't sound good. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, I think, I think what, and I'm not going to be able to answer this question super duper well. I just sure. want you to know that I do know there are people who could, but mm-hmm. <laughs> I can't. Um, but does but that like say, personally, does that bother you? You know, like that? I think anybody dying bothers me. Like anybody yeah. dying bothers me. Um, but I do believe that, that God is in control and I believe that he is the authority. Mm-hmm. And if he has a purpose for it, I got to trust that that's the case. Like, and I, and I know that could sound cold and, you know, like I, I understand that, that there's a certain level of that, but, um, you know, if, if God is, if God is the authority, like I have to submit to that and I'm mm-hmm. okay with that. I'm happy to do that because I believe that he is good, you yeah. know? Yeah. And, and I think a lot of people in this same instance would talk about, um, like the old Testament, you know, and, and the way that, that, uh, there was a lot of death and destruction in the Old Testament of the mm-hmm. Bible, if you've read it. And um, and you ask the question, like, well, how how can that be a good God? Mm-hmm. And if you look, there the instances of God protecting and revealing himself and telling his people he loves them and doing specific things for their good mm-hmm. is far greater than the destruction, um, far greater than the bad stuff that happens. And so you know, in 2020 with coronavirus, what is God doing with this? I don't have a good answer for you. I wish mm-hmm. I did. 
Um, it doesn't feel good that people have died. And do I wish that in America, we would have taken it more seriously? Do I wish our <laughs> leaders would have taken it more seriously? Yes. hundred mm-hmm. percent. Yeah. Like, yeah. Um, cause I think that we have, there, there is an element of, of will that can't be denied in the human spirit, right? Mm-hmm. Like we have the choice to do certain things and to not do certain things. And it wouldn't be loving of God um, to not give us some element of will in our life, right? Mm-hmm. Um, because love that is forced is not love, it's coercion, right? It's, mm-hmm. it's um, you know, it's, it, well, it's forced. I don't have a better word for it than that right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, I think like uh, just, you know, I, I, I can't give a great answer as to why this is happening, but I, I can tell sure. you that, you know, I, I, I trust that the Lord is in charge. So. Okay. Yeah. 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 Um, so I think that one of the, the main things I have issue with, with God, mm-hmm. <laughs> the, the, the idea of God that's described in the Bible is that I think if we held any like human leader, if, if any human leader acted the way that God acts, we would think of him as like a despicable tyrant, I think, Mm. you know, because regardless if say, you know, say, say Trump does 60, I'm not going to use Trump, say (laughs) some other leader uses, does 75% good, but 25% like killing whole nations and Mm. wiping people out or killing people because they accidentally dropped the Ark of the Covenant or, you know, things like that. Mm -hmm. We'd be like, that guy is a psycho and we don't want him to be our leader. You know, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if he did a bunch of good stuff, if he's like quick to anger and, and is real murdery, then we don't want him to be our leader, you know? Hmm. Um, And I think like on a, on a, maybe a, a, a broader scale, more general scale, I think the idea that, we that god would give us free will but Mm. if we choose in our in our free will and i'm using that in quotations because if we choose to follow god we get to spend eternity with him we get to have communion with him if we choose this other option we're going to be we're going to suffer for eternity or we're going to be damned Mm. and we're going to be sent Mm -hmm. away from him so to me that that's like not free will at all that's that's like you can choose one path or you can choose your own demise and destruction um, and I feel like a loving, it's just, it just doesn't feel loving by like, by any definition, you know, mm. I think that if, if you, you, if you had a child and and your child decided I'm going to reject you and I'm going to go off and I'm even going to start, I'm going to start a TV show about how bad you are and how much I, I think you did a bad job raising me. I think you podcast. Yeah. I started a podcast. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I think that you probably feel hurt and probably angry, but you mm. wouldn't wish them to be sent to the electric chair you wouldn't like want them to be tortured mm-hmm. and so by that definition i feel like you would be a much loving much more loving much more forgiving father than the biblical god so what you, you know? want is a god that doesn't have any sense of justice no you not just at want all a god who gives you nice things like that's what you're saying though joe like ultimately that- god yeah i think it is i feel like you know because like god is god is just there is no doubt about that and that like, like we talked about initially in the beginning of this is that there is good and there is bad mm-hmm. and, um, and there is heaven and there is hell. Mm-hmm. And, and the fundamental truth I think about humankind is that humans are innately sinful. Like mm-hmm. we, we do not want to follow God. Mm-hmm. And, um, 
And I think like you're ascribing human, uh, like you're ascribing human characteristics to a non-human, like to a supernatural being. And so Mm -hmm. I think it comes down to what you think about the authority of God. And so, Mm -hmm. you know, like I I believe God has the right because he is perfect and he did create the universe Mm -hmm. um, that he has the right to determine who is good and who is not. Mm-hmm. And to give what is due them, you know, what is due folks who do not do, you know, like yeah. when I commit one sin, like if I were to call you a bunch of terrible names right now and I wasn't a believer, like that little thing in human eyes, like that's against what the Lord expects. And mm-hmm. and I think like if you look at the Old Testament too, like God gave a very clear ex- explanation of how people were supposed to live. But the point of the law was never to you know, the point of the Old Testament law was never to, to be salvaic. Like what God wanted was his people to follow him. Mm -hmm. And, um, and the same is true today. And so, and like you say, like you, you wouldn't want a leader like God, then you're also saying you wouldn't want a leader who would literally be willing to die for your sake. Like who wouldn't, who wouldn't be willing to lay down his own life to come to earth and experience the same suffering, the same doubt, the same, concern, the same fear, the same rejection that you sometimes feel and I sometimes feel, that you you wouldn't want a leader who is willing to level with you and say, Joe, I understand where you're at and I love you despite that. And I'm going to give myself for the sake of you. And he literally crushed himself so that you could be saved. Mm-hmm. And so you're saying you wouldn't want a leader who would do that. And for me, if I had a, a leader who was willing to to sacrifice himself so I could be saved. Like that sounds like a pretty good guy to me. And in, in context of that, knowing too yeah. that he is just, mm-hmm. and he has provided a way for you to avoid, to avoid the justice, right? Mm-hmm. He has provided a just way because that penalty has been paid through Christ. The penalty of hell, the thing that you're frustrated about mm-hmm. has been paid through Christ. And by believing in Christ, you can be saved from that thing mm-hmm. that you're frustrated about. You yeah. know? And so I don't think that it's unjust of him to say like, I'm, I'm the authority giver and you've usurped and broken my authority. I give you a way to be saved from the consequence of your action and you choose to not follow that option. Mm-hmm. You have to get what you deserve. Again, too, if you had a child that sinned against you, Joe, you would discipline the child. You wouldn't just say, oh, buddy, it's okay. I'm going to give you a lollipop. If you had a kid who, you know, like think of a child, not an yeah. adult child, of course. But you would discipline them. That's the job of a father, you know. Mm-hmm. And so, if if the you know the wages of sin is death, like that's that is what the Bible says, and it mm-hmm. it is a just God. So, yeah. I, I, hopefully, that makes sense in everything I said. Totally. Yeah. No, I get that for sure. Um, going back to something you said earlier, you know, we were relating God to a like a human person. I I would want a human leader who could relate to me. Of course, you know, yeah. I feel like obviously we all feel really disconnected from like the leaders that are over us right now. It'd be great to have something, someone who really understands you, but I, I wouldn't want a leader that could connect with me if he had also murdered a ton of people. Hmm. No, it's, it's kind of both. I I feel like it's really easy to say like, well, like God is just, but he, he also loves you a lot. And he decided to save, send his son to save your sins, you know, but like God is also the one who made the punishment for sin hell. And he's also the one who made me be born without against my will, inherently sinful, destined to hell. So it, it's hard to be, I think it's hard to be 
thankful for like Jesus's sacrifice at this point, because Jesus's sacrifice is only necessary because God created this wacky system where me making a mistake means either someone has to die or I'm going to go to hell, you know? Hmm. I mean, I hear you. I hear what you're saying in that. Um, and I think, I think you have a decent point, but I, again, would say it comes down to who you think your authority figure is, right? And I think at this point, Joe, what I'm hearing you say is that, that you want to be the authority over God. You want to dictate to God what is right and what mm-hmm. is wrong and how the world should work. And I think that if God is real, you have zero place to do That's that. That's true. Right. Right. Yeah. Uh-huh. And so for you to even question the maker of all things who has, let's say as well, full knowledge, which we definitely don't have. Mm-hmm. We are finite and he is infinite. Um, he has full knowledge of how everything has worked. And so, um, so I think too, like it's, it's kind of a circular argument for you to say like, you know, that you're frustrated about that because you're, you're trying to put your own authority above God. If we're assuming that God is the ultimate authority, does that mm-hmm. make sense? Yeah, 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 definitely. Yeah, you're right. And if God is, is, does exist and he would be the ultimate authority and this would be totally blasphemous, <laughs> but if he's not true, then I feel like you and me have much higher moral standards than the God that's described in the Bible hmm. and that we would be more loving, more forgiving people than God. I would never die for someone. I mean, like I would die for my wife probably like, but like to die for the sins of the world and incur that upon myself. I, no way. I think you would. I think you would, because I think if, if, if you, if you knew, (laughs) if you knew that you would suffer for three days and you'd knew without a shadow of a doubt that after three days, you'd be brought straight into heaven to be there for eternity. I think you would do it. I would do it. Well, you're a better man than I, Joe. Like I, (laughs) I think, I, that, I think I, I don't think see it as oh, go it's ahead, easier. Sorry. It's easier said than done, I guess. It's of course. Easier. But also too, in that I don't have the power to do that. I can't take on the sure. of the world yeah. because I'm all finally, hypothetical. Yeah, I know, of course, all yeah. hypothetical, but <laughs> but in some reality I don't have the power to do that, and Jesus did. Yeah, yeah. So. Um so for someone in my position, I well let me I guess let me explain a little more context. I feel like I'm open-minded, like I'm not closed off to the idea of God. I, I don't feel like I'm in a camp or I'm trying not to be any kind yeah, of camp. Yeah, I was going to ask, are you, do you, would you identify as an atheist or an um, agnostic or? I, or I don't. You don't know? <laughs> I don't believe that the Christian God is God. I, I think I, mm-hmm. I just feel like I don't have any reason to think that, that he exists um, any more than any of the other gods that have been described throughout history, you know, in different Mm -hmm. like spiritual texts. But I will say that I, I think the idea that nature, that the universe was created by something or, or, or from something that's greater than us, that feels a lot better to me than like the big bang, you know, and that could just be because I don't understand the big bang well enough. And I'm sure there's a lot of other scientific theories for the origins of all of this, but yeah, I'd say, don't believe in God, but I'm definitely open to the possibility of there being something else out there, you know, that we don't, mm-hmm. that we don't know about. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So based off that, I know you're going to ask me a question, but that brings up a question in my mind is that um, like, what's going to, you know, if you, if you, if you think that's, that we are created, like what, 
what would it take to get you to think that anything is authoritatively in power? Because I don't think you're going to find a more compassionate God than the God of the Bible. If you look at other religions, it's either just about the human heart and humanism, or it's about a God who like is much more destructive and terrible than, than the mm-hmm. God you're describing. Sure. So um, you're going to have to make up your own religion if you're going to find a God that fits what you're looking for, I think. Sure. Yeah. And I'm open to that. You know, I think I, I, I don't see the value in looking to like texts like the Bible, for instance, that are, mm-hmm. you know, thousands of years old and written by anonymous authors um, by people who have a narrower worldview and less understanding of how the world works than probably anyone will meet in our entire lifetimes. I, mm-hmm. I don't feel like that is where I would look for, you know, advice about the nature of reality. Um, I think there's definitely stuff we can gain from it, but I, I guess what I'm saying is it doesn't really bother me that there maybe isn't a religion with like a God that does appeal to me because in my mind, the, like the, the place of, I don't know the answers to the universe feels a lot more like intellectually honest than no, this old book, this is the truth. If that mm-hmm. makes sense. Sure. Yeah. I hear yeah. what you're saying. I think, Ultimately, what I'm hearing then you say is um, like, you just want to be your own God. Like you just want to determine what truth is and what the meaning of the world is. And once you're satisfied with the decisions you've made, like you've become your own deity. Yeah, like, That's ultimately what I'm getting at. And I, I mean, you know, the inclinations of your heart, Joe, like I know the inclinations of my heart. If I became my own God, like, I'm just, I am just as ugly as anything, <laughs> you know, and I'm, I'm willing to admit that I'm not about mm-hmm. here. I'm not going to sit here and say like, because I'm a Christian, I'm better than everybody else. Like, sure. I know the darkness in my spirit and mm-hmm. I luckily have somebody who is not dark that I can lean on and that's Jesus. And so yeah. I think if we're going to say that we're our own gods, like, um, that's, that to me is the true fear because if we're our own gods, we determine, everybody determines what reality is. Mm -hmm. There is no no common reality. There is no morality because morality is whatever you want it to be. And it's whatever he wants it to be and whatever she wants it to be. And what Hitler wanted it to be was much different than what you and I want it to be and Mm -hmm. what God wants it to be. And so if we're going to live in this place where we're our own gods, like, okay, Hitler was right. Mm -hmm. If that's what we're going to say, that we're our own gods and we determine our own morality and we determine the way that things work, Hitler was right. And we can't say anything about that, Mm -hmm. you know, and that's scary. Like Mm -hmm. if you're going to agree with that, I think it also means that you have to agree with what I just said. And, and I want to make it clear because I think somebody could listen to this and get confused. Like (laughs) Hitler did wrong by God (laughs) and by any imagination of humanistic morality. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It was in, awful the, the greatest next to christ in my opinion dying on the cross for the sins of the entire world for all time mm-hmm. the greatest atrocity that's ever happened in the history of the world right yeah um and so like i think that that's what the suggestion might be you know i see i, I think i disagree with you I, I feel like if if you didn't have god as a moral guiding compass that you would be Can more you hear the dog coughing no <laughs> i'm sorry no. Good. okay <laughs> <laughs> Go That's back so to funny. your point, John. Yeah. I apologize for interrupting. Um, I, 
I, I don't think that you would be wicked and evil. I think that's that's probably one of the biggest like worldview shifts I've gone through since leaving mm. Christianity is that I don't think that we're born evil. And I think that sure. potentially the belief that human humans are inherently evil is the like biggest single problem of huh. humankind. Um, mm. Because after coming out of Christianity, you know, you're I was you're taught so much like how evil the world is and how corrupt the heart of man is and how yeah. if we're left to our own, we're, we're full of wickedness and deceit and evil and, and all this. And some of the biggest shocks I had when I was leaving Christianity is like, oh, the world is great. Like there's a lot of evil that goes on, no doubt, but there is mm -hmm. so much good and that it's, it's like, it's definitely not unique to Christian circles. You know, like there's tons of purity and good and love and goodness flowing out of people's hearts that aren't Christian. And so to me, that made yeah. me feel like, how can I say that this person, just because they're an atheist, that their heart is wicked and they're depraved and separated from God when like they're a delight to be around, you yeah. know, and they're and feeling, I would, I would agree with you, Joe. Like, you know, I think, I don't think that God inherently makes us like be nice people, mm -hmm. you know, like there's a lot of jerks that are Christians, you know, mm -hmm. and I can be mean, you know, but I think like in what you're saying, like, how do you account then for the evil? How do you account for it? You know, like, how do you account for the bad? If, if we're all just good, how do you account for all the, like, look at our country. Yeah. Well, I'm not <laughs> saying we're all just good. In the Middle East for literally eternity. Yeah. <laughs> it's been terrible for Well, those are all religious wars over there, right? <laughs> yeah, but still, like, but still, it's still the heart of people. Yeah. It's still people. Mm -hmm. You know, how do yeah. you explain it? Yeah. Well, I, I don't claim that the, everyone is all good. I'm not saying that, yeah. but I, okay. I think it's, it's definitely damaging in my mind to live with the belief that we're inherently bad until some external force, whether that be God or Allah or what, you know, whatever sure. religion you follow can like redeem you from that. Yeah. Um, but I think the other thing I have a bit of a problem with is that God God kind of allows the evil, you know what I mean? Like he, mm -hmm. he created good, but he also allows the evil mm -hmm. and he gives us the punishment for that evil, even though I didn't ask for it. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I, I was born I as a baby into the world, inherently sinful against my will. Mm -hmm. And yeah. I'm it's destined, a, a big, I'm a destined to hell, you know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so like that, that just feels yeah. like, again, the the like loving God I had an image of when I was Christian kind of started falling apart when I was running into these questions. And I'm, yeah. I'm curious what, how you, how you feel about that. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it wasn't the original design. Like the original design was to, to be in full perfect unity with communion with God. And then if we, well, but he knew what happened or he knew what was going to happen. I mean, he, right? Yeah. He didn't know what would happen, but the original design was like, it was not, he did not first design the world to be the way it is now. Did he, he knew it was going to happen. You're right. There's no doubt about it. He did know it was going to happen. But if we're going to, if we're going to say that, like, if we're going to blame God for the sin of the world, like his original intent was for it to be good. And then it got destroyed. Right. And so it's because there's this, there's this, you know, God knew that goodness, goodness would not look good unless there was something that wasn't good. Right. Mm -hmm. Like we, goodness wouldn't be there if we didn't have something to compare it to. And so, like Satan was real and Satan was there in the garden and he tempted man. And with that element of free will that we've been given, like they chose the dark side of it, right? They, mm -hmm. they chose the, the, the evil side. And so I think that there's that, 
there's that split there because you you know it's like and that's just even logical right you can't have I, I can't say the phrase perfectly but everything has an equal reaction to yeah. it you know and so like good and evil right mm-hmm. um, and so so I think that like you know I don't blame God for the fact that there's sin I blame Satan and I blame like like it happened because of Adam and Eve if you believe that that that's true you know um, and the good news is again that that there is a way out of that. You know, there is a way to, to be free of it and yeah. it's through the cross, through Jesus. But didn't God put Satan in the garden and didn't he put the tree in there to tempt Adam and Eve? You know yeah, what I mean? Like, to, I'm saying, yeah. how can we not hold God responsible for the sin mm-hmm. of mankind if he created the scenario that create that like manifested the sin of humanity, knowing that yeah. it was going to happen that I think yeah. that like stepping back, it, it's so frustrating to me. Cause it's like, we, you can't left. In my mind, you can't let God off the hook here because like Mm -hmm. maybe his original design was that it was perfect, but like the design he gave us was this, what we're living in now. And this design is leading to like, let's say even 50% of people throughout humanity are going to heaven. They're saved and they're Christians. And I think that's Mm -hmm. probably a huge exaggeration, but let's just say for the sake of arguments, 50%. He created this system knowing that hundreds of billions of people would be sent to suffer for eternity. Mm-hmm. it just it seems so strange you know like if he's actually god what what in the world <laughs> why, why did you create the system where like so many people are going to never know you and mo- most of them probably like outside of their own choice to reject him most of them probably just never had the chance to hear about god because they lived in a country mm-hmm. that you know was in america where they were taught some other religion mm. it's just it feels like so i don't know it really gets me because i i loved God so much and felt, I felt so much love from him. And when I started asking these questions, I'm like, yeah. I, I can't see God as like loving by any measure. Hmm. Like, yeah, it bugs me, yeah. man. <laughs> it's no, I, dude. I, and I respect that it bugs you. Like, I, I get it. And I'm not telling you that, like, I, th- I think it's okay. You've asked questions, you know, and I want to be clear about that too. That question mm-hmm. asking is, is really good. Um, I think that I think what I'm hearing in this is again, we talked a little bit about are we just our own gods then? Well, mm-hmm. you know, I think like by your account, then the center of the universe is humans, mm-hmm. which I don't think is the truth. I think the center of the universe is God. And and I think like if we're gonna get real theological here, like I think the true purpose of the universe and the true purpose of humankind is to give God glory because he's deserving of it, you know? Mm-hmm. And so um you're in your account, like you're making humans as the object of glory and things need to go according so that it's good for us. And so that it's good for, you know, so that we feel good about how things are. And I just don't think that's the way the universe is, is designed. I think it's designed because God is deserving. If you believe in the fact that he is, he is actually perfect. We don't even know what perfect, perfect is, Mm -hmm. you know, in the world, there's Mm -hmm. nothing that is completely perfect in the world. And so like, but God is right. Mm -hmm. And, and so he is actually deserving of glory. He is actually the center of the universe. And I think when, when we make humans, the center of the universe, that's when we come up with problems, like, like what, what you're talking about, you know, where it's like, I just, I just can't understand why any bad would happen ever, you know? Um, Well, it's because, you know, bad happens because there is good and then there is bad and we're not the center of the universe. God is. Mm-hmm. And he deserves the glory, you know? And, and so I guess that's the best way I can respond 
in that regard. But I just, I, I personally think that, you know, it's clear that humans are not, you know, obviously we're, we're very important. We're mm-hmm. very, like, we're the only being according to the Bible that like God specifically has set apart to know him in a mm-hmm. unique way and have a relationship with him. So there is something special about us, mm-hmm. but the world's, st- you know, the universe still does not revolve around us. Yeah. And I think that that's an important part to think about as we talk through this kind of totally thing. yeah i and i actually really agree with you i i don't feel like humans are are the most important part in the universe or like or even that by saying god doesn't exist i'm becoming my own god or we're becoming our own gods mm. i'm just saying that if god doesn't exist then we can kind of just all exist here on this planet and collectively try to figure out what the heck this is all about as we fly through space in the in the middle of this galaxy that's like unimaginably big. I, sure. I just think that, yeah, that we're not necessarily the center of the universe if God doesn't exist. I think that a God doesn't have to exist and we can just exist here on the rock and have this experience that we have, you know, without without having to have some overarching authority or overarching person mm-hmm. saying this is morality or this is right or wrong. I think a lot of people would argue that our morality has developed based on millions of years of human and societal evolution. And obviously killing your neighbor is like bad for your survival. And so in that example, it seems like clear, you know, evolutionarily that very quickly killing would become something that we all understand is like very bad for us, you know, but I don't think that that is congruent with nature, Joe. Like, I don't think that's congruent with nature. If if we're going to say that, that proof that God doesn't exist or that morale, like the, the idea that morality is a, is an evolutionary result. Like mm-hmm. it's not congruent with nature because a wolf will kill another wolf if they have to. Right. Like, uh, oh, of course, but know, I'm, I'm talking about human animal. morality. I, you but know, still, I don't, what I'm saying though, is if all we are is an animal, we're no, we're no more than a wolf. We're no more than a bear. We're no more than a lion, whatever, you know, like if all we are is an animal. And so like to suggest that this complex mor- moral code that we hold on to as, as humankind mm-hmm. was merely developed from, from millions of years of coincidence. Like mm-hmm. it doesn't hold up to the evolutionary model. Cause it's, it's, there's too much counterintuitiveness to it. There's too much that goes against itself, right? There's like, there is no evolutionary uh, truth to the concept of love. Like there's, there's sexual attraction that is evolutionarily true. And love mm-hmm. is not just that, right? Love is, you know, being a married man, like you have to, there are days you have to choose to love Katie, right? Cause mm-hmm. she's done something frustrating. Right. And you're mm-hmm. like, okay, I'm going to be nice to her because she's my wife and I love her. Like in an evolutionary model, there's no reason for that. Like she does something wrong, get her away from you. Right. Because it, it's about you. And so I don't think the evolutionary argument holds up. I just, I don't think that's true. You know, if I, if I didn't have a feeling of love, I think in the example of Katie, if she does something against me, I'm not going to just be like, Oh, get away from me. I I don't like you. Like, even if I didn't have love, I can understand the value of like staying together as a group, you know? And I'm, I don't know that much about evolution. So I don't even, I don't want to get into that too much because I, I just can't speak. (laughs) I I can't speak to it that much, (laughs) but I guess, I guess all that being said, I think that there is a very strong case that someone else can make. I'm not going to attempt to make it so that someone else can take that. Yeah. Morality can be derived from evolution. Definitely. And it's, you know, as simple as the example of if I kill my neighbor, we have one less person to survive 
all right, this is bad. Let's put a law here that says killing's or bad. Or one less you know. competitor for food if you're going to think about it the other way, right? Sure. But like to the, the wolf example, I think in nature, in general, animals don't hunt other animals of the same kind in general, in the same way that humans in general don't hunt humans of the same kind. There's obviously exceptions if someone's sick or mentally unstable or psychopath or whatever. But in general, we are, we're, we're trying to work together. You know what I mean? Right. But I think that our, I think our moral, our moral framework is too complex to break it down to a, in general, it doesn't happen that much because lions eat their own cubs. Mm -hmm. Right. Like if mm -hmm. a human did that, we would be like, what? Yeah. <laughs> you know? Mm -hmm. um, so I just think that it's too complex to say, well, in general, it doesn't happen that much, but sometimes it does, you know? Yeah. Um, I just think it, like what we can deem as good or bad, the different gradients by which we can say good or bad happens. It's just too, there's too much to it mm -hmm. um, to, to just break it down to evolution. So, totally. but again, I, I too, I too am not an expert in evolutionary uh, experience or in creationism for that matter. I, sure. I not. <laughs> yeah. I, I will, <laughs> I will say, I will say that I, before I learned anything about it, before I studied it much at all, I felt like, my view was that evolution was very flawed. It was way too simple. Mm. Um, and the more I've learned about it, the more I'm realizing that a lot of the questions that I have about the universe that I thought could only be answered by God can be answered in a very tidy, satisfying way mm. by evolution. So yeah, that being I, said, I, I can't I, explain it, but <laughs> I would be in the type of position too. to, I definitely think like the idea of microevolution, no doubt, like mm -hmm. variation within species, absolutely a thing. And like, I think the jury's still out on, on six day creation. I, I don't know where I stand on that. And I think mm -hmm. it's okay. Yeah. I think, I think so too. It's not a, it's not like a core thing of Christianity. Mm -hmm. Like some people get kind of their undies in a bundle about it. And I think they don't need to, but yeah. Anyway. Cool. Um, all right. Well, maybe we could do one last, one last thought I've been having and then yeah. we could wrap it up if that's cool with you. Yeah, that's great. Cool. Um, so I was, I kind of want to hear about, um, how you feel prayer plays into our, our relationship with God or potential relationship with God. Um, and I was curious if you have anybody praying for you for this conversation. <laughs> <laughs> well, I can tell you this. I definitely do. Okay. Um, I knew I would you know, too. I was like, Oh, I bet yeah. I would too. <laughs> yeah, of course. Yeah. You know, uh -huh. Cause like, I think Christianity is designed for community. Like humans are designed for community, not just mm -hmm. Christianity. Like we all want, you know, I think we're created to interact with one another. So yes, I have people who are, are prayerfully, you know, supporting me, I feel like right now. And, mm -hmm. um, and so I think like, so your question was, what's the role of prayer in my life? Yeah. Or, okay. I guess prayer um, in general, because I, yeah. for one, I don't, I almost feel like I don't remember, you know, just the, the what it was like. Yeah. yeah in a way it, it kind mm -hmm. of fades after a while, which is a weird phenomenon, sure. but yeah, at this point, it feels like if God has his will and he's going to do what he's going to do, then what is mm -hmm. the point of prayer and where does that come in? And, you know, what does that mean in terms of re relationship with God and, and stuff mm -hmm. like that? Just the whole, like, idea of a channel between us and God. How yeah. does that play into your life? Well, I, I mean, I think, like, I I seek dependent, you know, I depend on the Lord and I, I seek him in, in times when I, I don't know what to do and I go to his word to help me understand um, the way that the world works and the way that my life, you know, what's happening in my life. And, and I think I pray the word, you know, I pray the Bible. If, you know, there's a good Psalm that 
has something to do with something I'm walking through. I, I pray, you know, I talk about that with God and um, I want to be clear. Like I've never heard the voice of God in my head mm-hmm. where I'm like, like an audible oh, thing. Yeah. I've never yeah. heard an audible voice. And I think that's pretty common among Christians. And I don't think that that is, um, I don't think that that makes God not true or not mm-hmm. real. Right. Um, you know, Christians would say that like God speaks in today's world through his word, through the Bible. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and that in former times when the Bible wasn't a thing, when it was still just an oral tradition being passed down by, you know, Jews from, you know, however many thousands of years ago, um, that there was, you know, that there was a more audible, real way to experience and talking to God, but he only did it through select, you know, to select people. But, um, so I think that, uh, for me, it's just prayer is the opportunity for me to, to talk to the Lord, to, mm-hmm. to pour my heart out to him, to, process life and and i you know i think that there are real times when i have i have felt the lord answer you know um like tonight i I gotta be honest dude i struggle with anxiety like Mm -hmm. it's just something that is a hard thing in my life Mm -hmm. and i was feeling really anxious about this because i love you and i want to do this well for your not only for for your podcast like i want to do i want i know this this is like part of your livelihood almost right like like this is something you guys love. And I, so yeah. I want to do it well for you to give you honor and like bless you. But two, like I wanted, I want to honor Christians well. And I want to, of honor course. God well. So I felt like a lot of anxiety. Yeah. And so I prayed about it right before this. And I felt, I legitimately felt a wash of peace as I prayed to the Lord over it. And I believe mm-hmm. that that's the spirit of God, like helping support me. Um, and I think if you look at like biblical examples of prayer, like Elijah, like there was this situation where the people of Israel were, worshiping another God called Baal and they had gotten like 400 some prophets of Baal to, you know, do this crazy thing. And, and then there's this one prophet of God, Elijah and Elijah and and the prophets of Baal kind of have a showdown on this mountain. And Elijah says to him like, well, if, if Baal is real, like have him call down fire on this, on this huge altar I've built. Mm -hmm. And they prophesied and they prayed and they whipped themselves and they cut themselves for like, I think like days and nothing happened. Right. And, and then at that point, Elijah was like, well, I, let me, you know, let me pray. And he pours water over the whole, like gallons and gallons and gallons of water over the whole thing and prays. And, and God responds with a, with a column of fire and burns up this altar. Right. Mm-hmm. And so we see examples, not just in Elijah, but in Moses and in other places in the Bible where men and women who are praying in accordance with the will of God, um, who are praying in the spirit of God can change the will of God if it's for the good of God's will. Right. And so I think that there is power in the prayer of that, you know, there's power. Like if, you know, we, we are praying and asking the Lord, like, Hey, I, I need help in this regard or Jesus, I see this. And I, I want to see, I like, pr- I pray you change that. Like, I don't think it's un you know, unnecessarily ridiculous to assume that God can say, yeah, that's a, that's a good prayer. A good thing to have done. Let's do it. You know, um, and of course, because of his, um, you know, is it omnipotence or omniscience? I can't remember what mm-hmm. the omni word is, but yeah, like he, he knows it's going to happen. Right. Mm-hmm. But, um, but, uh, you know, I think that it's about relationship. It's about connection. It's about, um, bearing yourself, you know, laying yourself out before the one that you love. And, um, and so that's kind of how I treat prayer. I mean, maybe you know, I, that's the best answer I can give. I guess. Yeah, no, that's a good answer. I, I appreciate yeah. that. I feel like that. Yeah, totally. I understand that completely. Um, mm-hmm. You mentioned 
like relationship. And I know that's something I talked a lot about when I was in crew, obviously, and assuming you probably um, resonated with that idea as well. Do you feel like it's, you have like a relationship with God? Yeah. 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 So, and how does that, like, how does that play out? Um, Because I I guess my, my feeling is that I, when I was praying, especially at the end, I guess more so at the end than, you know, when I was Mm -hmm. in the heat of it, but I was praying and asking God for more faith. I, I like just couldn't bring myself to believe that anyone was listening, you know, because obviously I I never heard anything back audibly either. And I was really suspicious of feelings. You know, even you're saying when you pray for comfort and you feel like a wash of comfort over you, I I feel so skeptical now, you know, that it's that kind of stuff. I'm like, I need to disregard that. So at this point it doesn't feel anything like relationship. It just feels like I'm praying to an empty ceiling and then I'm just opening the Bible and reading words. And sometimes I'll get inspired by a passage, sometimes not Mm. just like just as frequently as if I was reading another book that sometimes I get inspired by and sometimes not. So it it felt very, feels super one-sided, I guess. Do you, do you not feel that? No, I don't think I've, I don't think I feel one-sided. And I think like, I mean, I like to use real examples. So like, I Mm -hmm. think, going back to, I use that verse, it's like God works all things together for the good of those who are called according to his purpose, right? Romans eight twenty eight, And I'll go back to this whole job story, right? This whole thing. Like I came from Wisconsin. I live in Iowa. It's a really, really tight knit community of, of band directors in Iowa. Mm-hmm. I know this maybe sounds kind of silly, but <laughs> it's just the truth of it, right? Huh. Like just, there's a really tight knit community of, of people. And if you're not in, you're not in. And if mm-hmm. you are, you are, you know, it's kind of a, boys club, boys and girls club, you know, mm-hmm. it's not gender specific, but anyway. Um, and so I, I was kind of a nobody and I did this stuff in Monticello. I, we qualified for what would be, you know, equivalent to the state championship for our, our band. And we mm-hmm. played at this big conference for all the band directors in Iowa is a big deal. And, um, and like this, so I, I applied for this job at, at the middle school in town and there's also this high school job on the other side of town that I was like, I wanted, man. Mm-hmm. Like it was in this, in this suburb called Tiffin. Okay. Wanted this job so bad, dude. Like never have wanted a job like this before. Yeah. Cause it's cool. It's going to be, it's really good high school and it's mm-hmm. going to be really big in a few years. And I was convinced like I nailed the interview. Mm-hmm. Like uh, th- this is going to be my gig. I know it's going to be my gig. I had people like influential band directors from the state. Like, yeah, this is going to be your gig, dude. Like, I, I know it. Dang, and then yeah. guess what happened? I didn't get the job. Right. Uh-huh. And I was like, Oh, this sucks. I, uh-huh. everything's awful. <laughs> and so I got this job at the middle school instead, like almost puking, making the decision to take this job <laughs> at the middle school. Uh-huh. And, um, and then lo and behold, one year later, I get into the absolute dream position that I've ever wanted in my life. Right. Mm-hmm. And I personally don't believe because I didn't have repute other than this one accomplishment in Monticello. And like getting into the Iowa city school district is really difficult for when there's only six positions in the, you know, thousands of band directors in, in the city. Right. Yeah. Or not in the city, <laughs> thousands of teachers in the city, right. Humongous uh-huh. district, six band high school band director positions. Right. So like I, I attribute that to like, like there was some bad stuff that happened in my life and, but God was faithful to deliver me into a position that he, he wanted for me, you mm-hmm. know? And so like I prayed about that and, and I think like, I don't want to, I don't want you or, or anybody listening. And I know you said you don't like to address them, so I apologize. Oh, no, it's fine. Yeah. Podcast. <laughs> no, not at all. Um, not at all. I don't want it to be like the only way God 
reveals himself is by giving nice stuff to us, right? Because I don't think that's the case either. Like, I think the relationship began when Jesus died on the cross for our sins and rose again in glory to justify us and allow us to be, you know, saved by the power of God. Mm-hmm. And and I think through through his choosing of me, through his setting me apart to be a, a child of God, like he established a relationship with me in, in that regard. And when I realized that I needed to repent of my sin and I needed to take ownership for the things that I was doing to offend him. And I, I prayed and I asked the Lord to, to save me. Like that's when our relationship was solidified and, and we became, you know, like a symbiotic, like I, I am, I am one with God. Like I love the Lord. I, uh, I, I seek him in the word and in prayer because I know he hears me and I hear from him through the word. It helps morph who I am. Mm-hmm. It changes my heart. Um, it challenges me when I am wrong and um, it lifts me up when I am low and um, it brings me down when I am haughty. You know, like I am, I am a changed man. Like, you know who I was, Joe, mm-hmm. you know who I was. Mm-hmm. I was the guy that in, on the drum bus was screaming his brains out <laughs> because everybody in the front bus was being morons so much so that you said, Mike, shut up. You told me, uh-huh. I remember that night. Uh-huh. I remember you were, too. You were mad at me. You were so upset and embarrassed because you got me on that bus. Like not only did I do that, Joe, but like, I just cared about nobody but myself. Mm-hmm. Nobody mattered to me but myself. And, and, you know, like without the power of God, I don't change. Like I have Joe, you know who I was and you know who I became. Mm-hmm. And, and I personally don't think that there's any power within myself that would have caused that to happen. So that's again, a, a long winded answer to your question about relationship, but I think it all boils down to the relationship with God that yeah. caused that. Okay. Yeah. I can see that. Uh, I think I, from my perspective, it feels like you just, may have also just been super pumped up on hormones and young and experienced and immature and you just matured into a better person. No, you know what I mean? I don't think so, dude. Like, look at, there's still dudes that are like 45, 55, 65 who are complete jerks, you know? Yeah. But there's a lot I of people who have made big hormones. life transformations who have never heard of God as well. Sure. You know? Yep. Yeah. So I, yeah. I think it's not unreasonable to think that, you know, it, it's mm-hmm. not necessarily God or it doesn't necessarily take that to transform a life, but sure. Um, yeah. So. Um, cool. All right. Well, let's wrap up there. Um, I really, I like, I really appreciate you being open. I know it's not easy and I, I've, I feel like in some ways it's like a brave move to come on as a Christian to this yeah. podcast and have this conversation. Um, and so, yeah, I really commend you for that. I feel like you answered clearly and seemed like you were explaining things really well. Um, so yeah, yeah, I I really, really appreciate it, man. I do. Yeah, dude. Well, and I, again, too, just want to say like, I love you to death. I, you matter to me. Like I pray for you every day, Joe. And I know that you don't probably care to receive that, Mm -hmm. but like, I pray for your heart. I pray for your salvation because I love you. And I, I believe that what I believe in is the truth Mm -hmm. and, and I want to be in heaven with you someday. And, uh, I, um, It's been hard to that you don't love the Lord. Um, and I know it's not hard for you, but uh, like you're the closest to a brother that I've had, you know, mm-hmm. in a long time, like back then. And like, you just matter a lot. Mm-hmm. And I still love you to this day. I do not, there is no lack of love for you. Um, and I just, 
if there's one thing too, I would love for people who are listening to your podcast know is like Christians, people who really love Jesus are not what you see in the media. They're not what you see posting on Facebook. Like they are people who have big hearts, who love, who have a huge capacity for their compassion, you mm-hmm. know? And, um, and anyway, well, I just, I, I, it was, it was an honor to be on here and I would happily come on again. If you have more questions you want to talk through, yeah. Or if you want to do a part, a part to, to this yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. podcast. No, I feel I like we could talk for again. hours. I, if we yep. kept talking, it'd be like three days before we got through everything. Yeah, that's <laughs> Definitely. True. Yeah. So, well, so I really you. appreciate it. Yeah. I love you too, man. I'm, I'm really glad that we can kind of reconnect in this way. And I hope that yeah. I feel like this can make our relationship even better and closer. And uh, yeah, I'd love to keep talking through everything. Yeah, dude. Cool. Yep, absolutely. All right. So we'll wrap it up there officially. And All right. Record.